and is hating this is classical by podcast where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession with trap beats playing in the background all right well here we are back again i was about to say once again (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say something ridiculous but you know what Glad you guys are sticking by us after so many episodes. Um, got any news this week? Not you asking me. Oh, I see. Never mind. Do I have news this oh, week? I really didn't mean anything about that, but whatever yeah, you I realized that. Yeah, sure. What? I said I didn't mean anything special by that, so I don't know if that all was for. <laughs> No, because I realized that you didn't mean like did I have a news story, but like we always do this every episode. Oh no, like every that's what time. I meant. News story this week. Not us switching, um, switching sides. I didn't know. You got an intermission? I'm not. We're not switching. I'm just switching all my stuff to you. So. Oh, period. That's grand. Mm-hmm. Um, Classically news Katie podcast. This news this week um classical music disappoints us once again how not certain but i am certain and that's it ready for the intermission (laughs) well i feel like it's been quiet or maybe i just my ears been closed but um no there's really not i mean i'm not gonna say not much and then follow it up with somebody's great accomplishment um because something that did happen that is happening it will have happened by the time that we recorded this i mean by the time that we released this um but this past saturday uh a former black excellence jonathan rush will have made his debut with the chicago symphony orchestra so that's a big deal that's news um I mean, Jonathan had he was our black ex since a while ago. That was what, yeah, like 2019, or maybe episode ten. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like it was like January 2019 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, he is or yeah, I'm trying to speak in the correct tense, but it don't matter. By the time it's like hasn't happened yet, but has by the time this comes out um but he's uh joining his former mentor Marin Alsup for a program titled celebrating hidden american triumphs um at the Ravinia festival um so they're both going to be conducting the chicago symphony orchestra and works by american composers um including a midwest premiere um from the composer Stacy Gorup, which is a tribute to the suffrage movement and the passage of the nineteenth amendment. Um and Jonathan will be re- leading a work by Carlos Simon, who, you know, we stand. Um so congrats to him for uh, that. I'm gonna link um a news story about it in which that he gives a little quote about how he's feeling about it and just, you know, a shout out to him period um right um because i was like not jonathan on the cso poster like you are literally what are you doing like you are ridiculous cso debut 
Nah, yeah. Who among us? Nah, that's ridiculous. Who among us? Period, Jonathan. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, there's not much else. I feel like I've came across something that I thought it would be nice to have a, a position. I thought it would be nice to have a black person in. Um, Princeton University is looking for an associate music director. Um, you know, I like you know seeing black people directing music um and whatnot um so i don't know i feel like i might i might keep an eye on uh stuff that there is there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of open positions and places so like maybe i'll maybe i'll do a job board at some point because i feel like we're not post pandemic but like everybody feel like we are so i feel like things are yeah things are opening up um and so yeah but that's one of the things i would check it out i would uh I will link the description link put the link in the description it's early y'all um and I got about two hours of sleep so um yeah so that y'all can check it out and get the bag and that's it there's not much going on in classical music I feel like she like a summer you know all the, all the troublemakers be are on summer break so or maybe I jinxed it now watch now no I'm just let me not say what I was gonna say <laughs> now to our new segment next week right i remember i feel like when we in the trenches of like during the year i remember like we we be pulling over so much in the news because there's be so much going on yeah. summer now and yeah stuff being shut down and every news not gonna be so-and-so release their season during the time where everybody's releasing their season like y'all literally look it up you know, like yeah. we gotta pull over and list everybody's season, but mm-hmm. maybe we will. <laughs> I mean, just to see because I mean, people was talking all that talk about what their season was finna look like when wasn't no season to be had. Mm-hmm. You could say a whole lot when you ain't planning nothing. <laughs> yeah, and then when the white donors start pulling their money because there's so much black people on the on the on the lineup. We'll see. So, yeah, maybe we will take a look at that. It's a little look. Not us, not us wishing for mess. <laughs> I mean, I'm wishing for that to not even be a, a for us to pull it up and be like, you know what? Nothing but good things to say. Yeah, but I think we both know that's that that's a little that's a little a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Well, look at us moving on time for the intermission so we actually um have done this <clears throat> excuse me we actually have done this before i think um not i think like i think we some people might have heard this before rather um because we when we did a live for msm we talked about this stuff so you can just join us again as we talk about this again um and really why this came up this whole the episode topic and the intermission is because of the recent recent accomplishment of Zayla avant-garde she dusted everybody in the national spelling bee competition and the part that really had me was <laughs> she was like yeah we've been doing this for two years as a hobby so happy <laughs> and these kids literally like i watched a documentary in national spelling bee like after the after like a kill in the bee you know everybody talking about spelling so i watched like a documentary on it 
And I'm like, these kids really be like, it's hours after school learning multiple words and definitions and having a spelling program that they use on the computer to like, it's really intense. And Miss Mom was like, yeah, so I was bored. So I just went ahead and did this little thing, took y'all a little trophy. And it was just so much joy on her, on her face. She did a little twirl and she was just so cute. And uh, she's also the first uh, African-American to win the National Spelling Bee. So um, we thought we would talk about some of our firsts. And then we'll, when we get to the topic as well, we'll, that will also be centered around that. So I have um, a couple of prompts here for you, Delaney, about your first um, experiences in uh, classical music. And like, just want to give like a little backstory or whatever to your comfort about them um starting with your for your first <laughs> orchestra concert like what do you what was it like what do you remember about that dang i wonder what i said last time we did this because i remember what i said for the other ones but i don't know that i remember my very first orchestra concert um i remember some early ones and I remember one of the earliest ones that I remember um, was at like when I the first time I went to like a music camp, and I remember being like, "Girl, I can't play this." I think we was playing Beethoven one, and I was like, maybe a year into playing the bass, mm. so that was like, I was like, "Okay, girl," um, and also we were playing um, what do we play? Eighteen twelve two. 1812 like the real version yeah the real 18 so that was the first time i had ever played any original music i have been playing he's like, a doozy yeah i have been playing arrangements and stuff before that so i was like yeah that that because even the arrangements of 1812 like the, the of course they have like different levels but um my kids when i taught public school really struggled with this one that i found cause, you know i did the most and like it was like a level four and it's hard it's like mm-hmm. we're not far from the original right that piece is hard that yeah. piece is very difficult had me looking stupid a couple weeks ago <clears throat> had me looking stupid too but it was fun i was like my first little my first little taste um of what of what was going on i feel like that was one of the earliest ones i can remember and it's pretty early so mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah a year into playing it's really early yeah. Um, my first orchestra concert, um, I was going to the CSO. That was like a, a normal trip, uh, because I was in Evanston, so we have to. And you know, orchestras do those. Um, well, I wasn't even thinking those. about watching. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't. I don't really remember my first. I don't remember. Concert. I mean, I have. Either. I have a vague idea of it, but like he had all the fourth and fifth graders on the stage so i was like way in the back because fifth graders were in the front fourth graders in the back playing essential elements i don't remember anything about the <laughs> it was like <clears throat> excuse me it was like a good number of us because we were at the middle school had to be like 70 of us on that stage i just don't remember any much more past that but um you know orchestras do community engagement concerts or whatever children's concerts during the day so we went to one of those when I was in fifth grade and I remember it being like a big deal because my teacher made it a big deal because she was very much like 
uh, she really stressed the importance of like making sure you dress up to go and like don't come in no sneakers you know typical like stuff I wouldn't say to my kids now but it was a different time so whatever it doesn't make it right but it's a reason and um <laughs> you said what yeah like this is like in the 40s <laughs> I mean but like that like that I that approach towards like white approval and stuff like that like people wasn't really saying much about that we kind of just went with it back then it was like make sure you don't wear sneakers because we went to the orchestra hall and she may have like you know like having having meetings with parents i mean she kids don't come here no sneakers no jordans no nothing like that like you need to dress up all women all girls in skirts and dresses like it was that kind of like talk she had with us and we went down there um and took a bus and i remember it being like literally the most boring time of my entire life now mind you i had been playing viola for a year at this point i was not able to make the connection like hey they down there playing what i play because i was not playing whatever they probably played britain young people's guide or whatever but i remember being incredibly bored and i was like oh when are we leaving when are we eating you know um um i just think it's so hilarious the <laughs> the the shift from that moment and not even realizing that how cool it is because evanston has a symphony orchestra we could have easily did an uh, evening trip to the evanston symphony especially since they um played at northwestern like we could have easily taken an evening trip and stayed in the same city was in but we went downtown and i was very unimpressed and i was like why is it so long um but lunch was fun so that was good but now i'm doing this so here we are all right what about your first lesson now you're on the other side so literally i'm on the other side and and these kids are like when's lunch so that's great (laughs) i love that for them i'm sure it was a great concert it's literally the cso i'm sure it was fantastic i just don't remember being engaged i remember being incredibly tired we weren't allowed to like slouch or anything in the seats and look bored like don't make like we wasn't allowed to embarrass them Mm. and it's like who was when like we are literally 10 and you want us to sit a lot of us have never had uh, this experience before a good number of us played instruments you know because everybody did band everybody played saxophone you know what i'm saying like it was just that time music was free but it's like what we gonna do we a bunch of kids from the suburbs we ain't gonna start swinging from the rafters but we weren't allowed to slouch we weren't allowed to sleep (laughs) like we weren't allowed to do nothing but watch these people on stage play stuff yeah i remember that it was hilarious okay my first what lesson my first lesson i actually remember the date of my first lesson so um i have a a little anniversary technically i remember that's cute wait hold on i remember because it was on my mom's birthday so oh it's my mom's birthday um today no it's march 7th oh yeah (laughs) um so march 7th is my base anniversary um that's real cute and i might not have had them at the time but i think it was soon after that like it was you know it was regular there were already kids playing the bass so it was more like you just kind of sit here and kind of watch the people that's already playing and like learn the basics like on the strings and the difference between the bows and that sort of thing 
Um, but shortly after that, I came with my acrylic nails on, and my teacher was like, so didn't really think we'd have to go over that because I, I feel like I didn't have them on the very first one, but this might have been the second or third lesson. Mm-hmm. And I remember very distinctly, I had silver glitter, and I just remember like that, that me was like Diddy and that one guy, and they just stared at each other like, <laughs> because he was like, yeah, those got to come off, and I was just like, why? And he was just like, because they'd have to. It's <laughs> just like, but why? Right. <laughs> but you know, we're on the other side now, even longer. So. Period. All right. So. My first lesson, I didn't start taking lessons. I think I said this several times. I didn't start taking lessons until seventh grade. And I only started taking lessons at the end of seventh grade, rather, because I wanted to go to Blue Lake. And my mom was like, what if something happens to you? Like, I won't be able to come get you right away. And like, I don't know. Whatever, like paranoid parent stuff. So I don't know why, but like a day later, I went to her. I was so upset because I was like, it's only $800. <laughs> um, no like, I'm like, it's <laughs> <laughs> And like, that's, the, that's, that's the tuition. Not like you have to live there for eight weeks. <laughs> like, like, I got, I don't, I definitely don't have no $800. Um, and so I went back the the next day and I don't even know where it came from. I was just like, can I take lessons instead since you, you're not letting me go? Um, and she's like, I'll think about it, which means yes for my mother. Um, and yeah, I found my own teacher. I went to my orchestra teacher and I uh, got a list of teachers and I just called down. And yeah, that the name jumped out to me. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna take lessons with her. And I don't remember what we did in the lessons, but like the first lesson, I don't really remember that. I just remember being really excited. She just, she, I think she just heard me play some orchestra music. I just brought what I had. I wasn't used to playing out of books or anything like that. I just brought orchestra music. I brought some Disney stuff that I had bought on my own, that I learned on my own. I played that for her. And she's like, okay, very cute. So anyway, come back with Suzuki and Wolf Art. <laughs> and uh, that was that. So I think, pretty sure. Okay. Uh, the next one is your first recital. My first, I mean, technically I had recitals like before, like you would have like in YOLA, you would have like class recitals. So it would just pick like a bunch of instruments and do you do your class recitals? So like trombones, basses, and violas could be on one day and it's just a mix oh, okay. of like your class. Um, I remember having a recital, which is when I and for us since there were so few of us sometimes our teacher like once once you were like I guess doing it um our teacher would have us play alone since like there would be like three of us in the upper class so I do Mm -hmm. remember playing um and realizing that I had a shaky left leg sitting down that was when I probably that was probably like my junior or senior year of high school then if I started sitting at at sometimes mm-hmm. um because I remember being on stage and being like girl I can't wait for this to be over and um realizing that my left leg shakes when I'm nervous mm-hmm. which is terrible because the whole instrument shakes yeah um, I would bet you. and so then there goes everything <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah and I think I was playing um I believe I was playing the second movement of the Dittersdorf Concerto or I was either playing that or um the Hinastera Variaciones Concertantes the bass movement of it which is just bass and harp so we just gave the pianist the harp part Mm. Yeah, that one little stint I went through playing the flute, like for real. Like I just like taught myself the flute my senior year, and I went I did an honors recital, not honors recital, like yeah. solo and ensemble. Yeah. You know, you no, literally solo and ensemble. I don't know if that's like, only an Illinois thing or what, but um, solo and ensemble is where you like pay a little fee or whatever, and then you pay for you basically competing against yourself because like you'll play and then you'll get like a score and that score determines whether you get first, second or third place based on points. But you, you're not competing against anybody else. It's basically if your stuff is odd, assuming you probably won't get third place, you can't get lower than third place. And to my surprise as a violist, not me gonna play the little, um, go to play my little flute solo and my lips start shaking. Well, I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Like. This is the whole thing. Your whole, the whole thing is your lip. Like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, well, this is very ghetto." Finger the right notes. But <laughs> when air, when hot air, when coming out, like you know, can be boxing. The whole, <laughs> the whole jet side of shake. I'm like, no, this is very ghetto. I didn't last much longer. I played. I went to the first rehearsal of the university band at IAC, which is basically like people who play an instrument but don't aren't music majors or whatever that music was way too hard i was like because i'm not used to seeing them them type of notes like viola is hard but like it's hard for different reasons like that's why when, when i get i get an attitude we gotta go too high because it's like we don't do this like we we have like hard chromatic stuff in the middle so when i saw these high notes i'm like what note even is that and why is there so many of them i had to quit i quit after the first verse um but my first recital was the honors recital at my high school my t- teacher um in high school didn't do um didn't do studio recitals so my first recital was the honors recital you have to audition and then they pick so i it, i wasn't a solo I, I played with my quartet we were playing shostakovich eight that piece was way too hard for me i worked really really hard on that to keep up with that like the first violinist was um was the son of the principal the the concert master of the lyric opera of chicago the cellist went to eastman like i was like the worst one in my group so i had to really work hard but it was fun and i will never forget that i played really really well because you know the viola solos and with no vibrato i don't know if it was in tune but i know i played out that's all that matters okay last one your first audition yeah so this this is on my instagram this story is on my instagram of the audition that I took when I was in high school to um this was like they had like some type of scholarship to do the Colburn like community music score whatever thing which I don't know where this would have fit in my schedule I probably would have stopped going to Yola at least as much as I was already going um but didn't matter because right before the audition I decided that was the time to change a fingering and literally in the room waiting to go into the audition because I was like this finger is more efficient Um, that only works if you've practiced it not just because in theory it's more efficient um but you know 
I didn't know that yet. So I changed the fingering right before I went into the thing and just totally was not playing anything the right notes in that from that point on in the actual audition. So that was fun. Ooh, chilling. Um, I've also talked about this before several times. My first audition was my first professional audition rather was with um Symphoria in Syracuse, New York. Um it went terribly because I saw the excerpts. I'm like, I've been learning excerpts for a long time. I know what they finna pick. (laughs) Every time you tell me this, I'm just like, I don't understand. (laughs) Because Delaney, come on, you really finna learn it. Yes. You gonna learn an entire movement or something? An entire movement? Delaney. If that's what it says. I thought it was. A, I don't know if I thought it was a typo. I thought it was cap. Like I didn't know. Like I thought it was cap. I I was like, ain't no way, ain't no way they gonna have us learn the entire thing. So I know the excerpt for Mozart forty, but yep, up, 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 up. So that's what I learned. I learned that just that little part, just some twenty measures or whatever. I get in there and uh, <laughs> she, they they give you like the actual. Because typically they're not gonna make you play the whole list in an audition. So she tell me my little part. I said period because Mozart Forty is one of my stronger excerpts. At least I thought, and it had like some little other stuff in there. It wasn't even it wasn't even the excerpt that I learned. They didn't even include the hard part. It was like some random part at the beginning. I was like. <laughs> I, I looked at her and I was like <laughs> my grown ass I looked at her I was like how old am I now I was like 26 it was embarrassing so it was last year so I looked at her and I was like hey girl so um I ain't learned that and she was like all right well you have 10 minutes so and it failed. Everything went bad. Walton went bad. Excerpts went bad. And by the way, there was no screen. So just. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> the fact that they were lo- looking dead at you the whole time is hilarious. Delay me. <laughs> I was like, have I not suffered enough? <laughs> It's only funny because you two are laughing. Because it's not like if you, like, this was the audition of your life, and I'm like, ah. like, <laughs> not you. I could just imagine walking in and be like, dang, at least I don't got to make eye contact with them. <laughs> you walk in Delaney and it's so t- <laughs> Delaney, I can't even express to you the embarrassment. <laughs> like,. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> like, and like normally, like you wait around. Well, it was a sub audition, so I don't think. Because sometimes I hate wait, taking auditions and waiting around knowing. The last audition I took, I was like, it could go either way. Like, it wasn't perfect, but maybe. But this one, if, they, if we had to wait, <laughs> I would I would have left. Because what a time. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I have something coming up. They want Beethoven 5 the entire movement. Like through not the entire movement, they want the three themes that the viola plays, but they want it like through. So instead mm. of playing like these eight measures, these eight measures, they want you to play from the beginning. So the to whole 99. entire movement, basically. And I'm just, 
I'm like, if y'all want a Sonata, y'all could say that. I have this Vuitton from March. You know what I'm saying? If you want, like this, I just don't understand. Somebody tell me why. Somebody tell me why. Because it's like, you don't need to, you don't need me to play, like, literally the Beethoven five. Like, we, okay, yeah, we have, we have that, right? And then we go, why you want to hear that? You don't, you don't need me, to, you don't need to hear me play this filler stuff to see if I know how to fit into a section that doesn't make sense someone tell me the reason I had to count, maybe. joe tell me the reason yeah somebody well, yeah, yeah that makes sense i guess but there's also excerpts that make you play the whole thing don juan is one beginning to d mm-hmm. and every every step of the way is hard you know what i'm saying whatever i feel like i was had i was had and like at that audition yeah. No, Katie. Come on. I have heard hear I've out. heard this multiple times. Hear me out, Delaney. Okay, so for your Cobra one, right? Like for my Cobra one, mistake. I was like fourteen. So let's Okay. Okay, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so, not... Whoa, whoa. We don't need the violence. We don't the need facts? violence. All I'm saying, yeah. Okay, so for the Cobra one, right? Mm-hmm. It's like my tenth grade audition. That was yeah? a that was an honest mistake. It's like you know what you gonna try your little finger now. You know the giant ain't really work out like that. You know you move on. It's the same thing. It's an honest mistake, it's and I not. feel like. And then also twelve year age gap. Also, <laughs> also, also further exasperated by the fact that like I was had. Why do you want that? No, and then, Katie. <laughs> and then also, and then to further like to to further exasperate the fact you have you played in living color. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I was hey, why don't, first of all, why don't you have a screen? It was 2019. Why didn't you have a screen? Y'all just watched me. The music director just smiled at me like, oh, poor thing. I didn't like that. What he was, was like, he thank you. <laughs> I'd prefer he not made eye contact. <laughs> Brother, that might I'd prefer that. That could have been awkward, though. You gathering your stuff off the stand, they averting your, their eyes. <laughs> Because it's like, when I tell you nothing went right, I mean, my Walton was shaking anyway. That's why I'm so happy I've been delivered from that piece because this is not a good audition piece. This is too risky, literally from bar one. But literally stuff that I played well went wrong. Beethoven 5, rushed. Mendelssohn. I feel like I just br- I broke a world record from the beginning to D. I broke that record. So it's like, you know, I feel like I was happy. You know, we move, and that's okay. I'm a victim, and a victim um, of your own circumstances. <laughs> I'm a victim. Yep. Katie, I'm okay. Katie crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're a victim of. But why would you? That's just rude. They go to you, they go to episode title right there. <laughs> but listen, Delaney, hear me out, right? Hear me. Hear I've me, already me heard you out. Oh, but I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. Most are wrote how many symphonies? Forty-one, right? Okay. Boom. So if you just wanted to some, cause it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like, you know what I'm saying? Like anything spectacular. Like if you wanted me to play. It's what they wanted. Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So they didn't even make me play like da, 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 da. They didn't even make me play that. You don't want to hear no melody. It's like, it's not giving. You're just making me play. So it's like, why don't you make me play like Mozart 37, Mozart 30. You know what I'm saying? Mozart giving very much Mozart 25 small G minor you know what I'm saying like 
we could have did that it would have made more you know what i'm saying but it's like mm. you set me up if they had then you it would have been something different I, but i would have learned i would have learned it the right part because if they said okay boom 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 right if they said learn more than 27 you would have been like why did not why did, why did not one of the big ones why not 35 why, why not 40 I'm not gonna lie to you, maybe, yes, but however, but, okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on. However, if it was Mozart like 27, right, in fourth movement, I'd be like, why they asking for this? I would have learned the whole thing, I'd have played along with the little recording or whatever. Then I would have hyper focused on the hard parts. We would have been good. Why would you set me up like that? It's given very much. I don't care about you. You know what I'm saying? Like you asked for Mozart 40, I learned the big part. You know. So no, you literally just said <laughs> you asked for such and such. I only learned a portion of it. <laughs> That's your fault. <laughs> like I'm a victim, and it's okay. You know, I feel like I don't know. I I, I will never forget about that for the rest of my days. Oh, Father God, it was like this is what they do in that Eastman, and that's why I'm not telling people where I go to school. I don't like telling it because you know if I start acting up. Don't worry about that. I'm an overcomer, though, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we moving on? Yep. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> All right. So, continuing on, we're talking about first, we're going to highlight some um, uh, black people, black musicians in the field of classical music who were the first to do their things in their respective areas of classical music um yeah we're gonna have a good time like one big old black excellence right um you want to start we want to start yeah i can start um okay big old black excellence um okay so the first um the first first that I'm talking about um, um, is Henry Lewis. He was a, a bassist, come on gang gang, um, and conductor, um, born on October 16th, 1932. First of all, come on gang gang, his birthday the day before mine, the day in several decades. But um, I mean, that makes sense though. I mean, y'all like one of the same. And he, bo- mm-hmm. and he was born in LA. I was like, okay. That's your people. Hey twin. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, not his mother still being being pregnant for forty years later, right? Birth. So, <laughs> like, not him, literally ten years older than my grandma. But, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but hey, twin. Regardless, yeah. right? Irregardlessly, that's your twin. Irregardlessly, yeah. Irregardlessly, yeah. Um. Okay, so he started his musical training at age five with the piano. Come on, twin. I don't. That's your twin. I don't remember how old I was when I started the piano, but I was probably around six or seven. But um, then he switched to clarinet um, and started playing several string instruments. Um, so when he was growing up, playing his, you know, doing his thing, his mom was supportive, but his uh, father worried about the career opportunities for a black classical musician. Okay, same thing people worried about today. Um, but you know that wasn't really a problem for him which y'all will see why um he kept studying music in junior high um taking voice lessons and bass lessons um which earned him a scholarship to the university of southern california um in 1948 when he was 16 years old he was invited to play with the los angeles philharmonic um and there goes his first first he became the first african-american instrumentalist in a major symphony orchestra 
Listen, if you don't know about him, hey. now you know. Twin, that's your twin. Yo. You next. Go, 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 go. How's that? Okay. How how we gonna be twin first? You said what? How we gonna be twin first if he was the first in 1948? You the first Delaney in orchestra. How you know? Girl, I know. How, no, there are other people named Delaney. In the okay. orchestra, in the entire history of orchestras, everywhere. Ooh, if I'm right, you gotta buy me a vegan burger. No. <laughs> what? You can't just attach <laughs> stuff to. <laughs> and also, how have we verified it? <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. How? Where? They, where, they got where are you gonna find the roster of every musician that has ever played with any <laughs> orchestra? <laughs> no, the LA Field? I'm sure they got a no, roster. It says got? Major Symphony Orchestra, not LA Field. He was the first to play in a first um african-american instrumentalist in a major symphony orchestra not in the la field stop trying to stretch it you've done enough of that <laughs> in the intermission <laughs> okay i literally did not but we, we did. won't pull over no we i'm talk talking about, about the, the the mental gymnastics yes <laughs> you did more than enough um <laughs> coming some on vials <laughs> And you know what? And some of my bios is great. And I wasn't, it wasn't mental gymnastics. I'm a victim. And that's okay. All right. Um, so, anyway, back to the truth. Uh, Henry Lewis <laughs> was, he was drafted at age 22, which, you know, for this country, that sucks. But um, drafted at age 22, but he continued to play the bass and began conducting the Seventh Army Symphony Orchestra while he was in the Army. So, you know, finding something productive to do with his time. Um, so, the terrorizing people in the world. While uh, he was the music director of the orchestra, um, the orchestra played all throughout Europe. Um, he returned home in 1957 um, and in 1961 was appointed the assistant conductor of the L.A. Phil. Uh, imagine just coming back and four years later, here I am, the assistant He's conductor right. of L.A. Phil. What you thought, here I go. <laughs> um, he then established and directed the String Society of Los Angeles for chamber music. Um, he became the director of the Los Angeles Opera, um, as well as a founding member um, of the Black Academy of Arts and Letters, uh, which endeavored to promote and cultivate excellence in African-American performing arts. Um, all throughout that entire time, he guest conducted several major orchestras, um, the CSO, the LSO, which I believe the London uh, Symphony, um, the Cleveland Orchestra, the Boston, um, the Boston Symphony, the New York Phil, and the Rochester Phil. Um, okay, five and five right. Um, he's also credited with transforming the New Jersey Symphony. Um, he transformed the group from a small community ensemble of largely part-time instrumentalists into a nationally recognized orchestra period um he vastly increased the orchestra's performance schedule from 22 concerts per year to 100 concerts per season um and he also recruited several of um several first tier soloists such as itzak perlman and misha ditcher um he um also let the let the orchestra in appearances um at premier concert venues including carnegie hall and the kennedy center um, he was also an advocate for breaking down barriers of elitism in classical music, um, frequently coordinating performances in low-income and working-class neighborhoods. Um, he, he often invited folks to the hall for like $1 concerts. Um, and last, but certainly not least, he was also the first African-American to conduct the Metropolitan Opera in New York City in 1972. So, I mean, 
literally how mm. you're not in my in our history books. It does, doesn't well, we know why. But I was gonna say it doesn't make sense, but <laughs> given the context. Uchile. <clears throat> okay, so my first is Dr. Mara Cope. Dr. Mara Cope, to my knowledge, but also I'm literally ninety-nine point nine percent right considering the institution is the first black woman to hold faculty. No, she's not at, in the Department of Music Teaching and Learning at the Eastern School of Music. I love her dearly. She's a dear uh, mentor of mine. Um, she earned her PhD and master's degree in music from Penn State. Um, I think she over she overlapped with Dr. Ritchie as an ord. Um, and she has a Bachelor of Music in music education from Siena Heights University. Over the course of her career, she has taught general choral instrumental music and has worked with preschool to 12th grade students. Um, she's also completed Kodai Level 1, ORF Level 1, Music Together teaching teacher training. Um, and during the 2016-2017 academic year, she served as visiting assistant professor of music education um, at Ithaca College. She teaches undergraduate um, music education, so that's general music methods, elementary um, and middle school choral methods, etc., and graduate courseworks because our history and philosophy class, <laughs> um, and <laughs> curriculum seminar at Eastman. She's also taught courses uh, pertaining to teaching music to students with special needs at Penn State Ithaca College. She advises on uh, Eastman's NAFME chapter and serves on as a membership committee co-chair for the Council for Exceptional Children. Um, and she's on the New York State School of Music Music NISMA <laughs> Research Committee. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> New York State School Music Association Research Committee. She's uh, the convention program chair for Early Childhood Music and Movement Music Association for the 2021 International Convention. Her scholarly and research interests include music and communication, music education for exceptional learners, interprofessional collaboration, intersectionality, um, general music, elementary general music education and choral music. She was named the finalist for the 2015 Outstanding Emerging Researcher Award by the Center for Music Education Research. Her dissertation uh, comprised of three studies examining the relationship between music aptitude, phonological awareness, in phonological awareness in elementary um, children, like when I talk, when I talk about Dr. Culp, like Dr. Culp is always writing something. Like she's like, if you look at her CV, when I saw her CV, her CV inspired me because when I was writing my CV for the first time, I was like, Dr. Culp, help me out. She's like, okay, period. Look at your CV, and she was like, this is not a CV. And I was like, all right. Um, so she's like, take a look at my CV, and that's what inspired me to like get my cv in order like add more stuff to it because she's always publishing something she's always speaking at a conference like like it's just like really literally this i'm not gonna read all of these this is an entire paragraph and i'm like literally i pulled this bio a couple months ago i'm pretty sure it's way more extensive than this now um but notable conferences include the international society for music education National Association for Music Education, American Speech Language Hearing Association, Society for Music Teacher Education, Early Childhood Music and Movement Association, Desert Sky Symposium for Research, 
Sun Coast Music Education Research Symposium. Like this, it goes on. There's like there's like thirty names here, and like I said, this was like from earlier this year, so I'm sure there's more. Um, she's frequently invited to speak on inclusive and/or interdisciplinary <laughs> interdisciplinary topics, and has acted as an invited speaker presenter for classes in communication sciences and disorders. So, shout out to Dr. Cobb. She's a true scholar and literally one of the hardest working people I know. And that's on period. That's on gang. That's on Melly. No, not on Meliora, but on gang. So okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so m- the next person I'm talking about is Thomas Wiggins. You may have heard about him on the show before through Pieces of the Week, etc. Um, so Wiggins was born uh, Thomas Green on the Wiley Edward Jones Plantation in Harris County, Georgia in 1849. Um, at an early age, he showed an interest in piano after hearing the instrument played um, uh, by a by others around him he uh, by age four reportedly had acquired some piano skills by ear um, and gained access to the piano um and by age five he reportedly had his first or had composed his first tune um by that time he was eight years old he was hired uh by a concert promoter named perry oliver who toured him extensively in the u.s performing as often as four times a day um and earning oliver and um the person the lady who enslaved him um up to a hundred thousand dollars a year um which was obviously an enormous amount of money in you know the 1800s um so that and it was actually the equivalent of about 1.5 million dollars a year um in 2004 when uh the last like time they did that conversion so even more than that um making him undoubtedly the 19th century's most highly compensated pianist um eventually um he learned a reported 7,000 pieces of music um including hymns popular songs waltzes and classical repertoire um and you know after being amazingly talented and torn the u.s that's where his first came in he became the first african-american to perform in the white house i know that that's not widely known like if you look that up there's another person that might come up like i remember i've looked this up before after reading about him and like there's this other lady that might come up but he predates her so i hope they fixed it on google mm-hmm. because i read about her thing in the time that he's recorded to have been in the white house is before they say she was she was there so mm. um you heard it here first first african-american to play in the white house period okay my next one is um taj larson taj larson was the is the first black person to be in the chicago symphony orchestra taj joined the chicago symphony orchestra trumpet section in 2002 he came from St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, where he served as second trumpet. Um, Lars was principal trumpet of the Annapolis Symphony Orchestra and served as a solo cornet with the president's own U.S. Marine Band. He earned his uh, bachelor's degree in music from Michigan State University and did graduate work at Eastman, where he studied with Barbara Butler. While at Eastman, he toured the country with the Dallas Brass Quintet for a year. Um, following the completion of his master's program, um, from 1995 to 1999, um, he played um, solo cornet with the President's Own Marine Band in Washington, D.C. 
Then he went to join the Annapolis Symphony, like I said, where he played principal trumpet from 1989 to 2000. Then he joined the St. Louis Symphony from 2000 to 2002 before he um, won the job in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra when he was hired, um, the first African-American hired in the history of the orchestra, where he served as fourth utility trumpet of the orchestra's brass section, 2008. Larson was featured in the Dream Out Loud Music Education Advocacy Campaign in collaboration between the Chicago Symphony Orchestra um, and Yamaha. He also served in the role as the Yamaha trumpet artist, educator, and roster member. Larson has performed uh, with the CSO trumpets at the featured faculty solos for DePaul Festival Winds, um, a guest trumpet solos with the Evans Symphony Orchestra. Gang, gang, shout out, 847. And uh, okay, in 2004, he received the first Michigan State University College of Music Distinguished Alumni Award. Um, he joined the faculty at DePaul University um, in 2007 as an implied, okay, applied and performance trumpet instructor. Larson conducts master classes, has performed at several cons- conferences hosted by the International Trumpet Guild and also served as faculty at Roosevelt University Chicago College of Performing Arts. And yeah, shout out to you. Period. Okay, my last but not least uh, first is Toni Marie Montgomery. Um, she is a pianist and a music professor from Philadelphia um, who started playing the piano at age six. She attended the Philadelphia College of the Performing Arts, graduating with her bachelor's of music degree in 1980. Um, only a year later, she received her master's of music degree um, from the University of Michigan. Uh, she went on to get her DMA uh, in piano chamber music within three years, becoming only the second person to, re- to receive that degree uh, from the University of Michigan. She then became the artistic director and assistant director um, of the School of Music at Western Michigan University. Um, And after that, she moved to Connecticut to serve as assistant dean for academic programs at the University of Connecticut's Connecticut's, uh, Connecticut's, uh, School of Fine Arts. While she was teaching there, Montgomery uh, participated in the founding of the Black Music Repertory Ensemble at Columbia College in Chicago. Um, then she became a professor at the Arizona State University. During her 10-year tenure there, she served as associate dean of of the College of Fine Arts, as well as a director of the School of Music. Um, in 2000, the University of Kansas School of Fine Arts hired Montgomery as its first African-American dean. Um, and when she left that position in 2003, the university inducted her into the Women's Hall of Fame. Uh, She was then hired at Northwestern University, becoming the first African-American and the first female dean of their school of music. Um, So period. Um, In addition to all of her work um, in schools of music across the country, she is also still an active performer and a recording artist. Period. My last one, but certainly not least, um, is George Taylor. I talk about George Taylor so many times on this show and have uh, read his biography on the show because he was a black excellence before, so I'm just going to keep it cute. Um, but George Taylor is professor of viola at the Eastman School of Music. Before joining the Eastman faculty, he was a member of the Chion P. Quartet at Duke University, a position he held from 1979 to 1986. Um, he's a well sought out teacher 
well-renowned pedagogue um and he served a lot of artists as artist faculties um at the castleman quartet program le domaine forge chautauqua institution miss music cordia the encore school for strings metamount festival manchester music festival international music festival etc um he also has um, a series of highly successful workshops called the Viola Intensive, which is like a summer technique program at Eastman. He co-hosted the 40th International Viola Congress back in 2012 um, at the Eastman School of Music. He served as a juror for many juror for many international yep. competitions in Europe and the United States. Yep. And has served on the boards of the American Viola Society and the Sphinx Organization. Um, his recording guitarist with guitarist Nicholas Goulash pretty sure goulash Goul. title night strings has received a wide critical acclaim also has been featured on the show before i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um mr taylor can also be heard in a landmark recording of the complete chamber music f- of the african-american composer william grant still by the vitamus ensemble um He's an advocate for performance by African-American composers um, and has performed uh, in the National Black Artist Festival, the Gateways Music Festival, um, the Ritz Chamber Players, and -hmm. the Black Music Repertory Ensemble. He's performed and premiered works by many composers, including Bill Dobbins, Michael Kimber, uh, Ron Carter, Noel Docasta, George Walker, David Liptag, and many more. Um, he's a native of New York City and attended the Manhattan School of Music, where he worked with Jamie Lorado, Raphael Bronstein, and Burton Kaplan, and a whole bunch of other people. William Fuchs, like, come on, you work with William Fuchs, like, okay. Uh, he made his recital debut at Carnegie Hall in 1979. And yeah, he's just that man. He's that girl in his own way, period. Shout out to Mr. Taylor. Uh, I love him dearly. Literally love him so dearly. I spoke to him a couple weeks ago. He's still trifling, but. <laughs> <laughs> love him. And that's it. That's all I got. Period, Tay Tay. Oh, I forgot to call him. Period, Tay Tay. All right, we moving on? Mm hmm. Period. All right, y'all, it's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everyone at the top. Who are you talking about, Delaney? This week, I'm talking about Aaron King Vaughn. Um, he is an emerging American conductor um, who was recently you appointed. King Vaughn. I thought you were talking about the rapper. I was like, okay. Here. Okay. Aaron <laughs> King Vaughn, uh, conductor. <laughs> um, <laughs> go on, alter ego. Um, he was recently appointed as assistant conductor of Florida's uh, Symphonia Gulf Coast. Um, he was also named a 2019 Chinca- Chicago. What am I talking about, bro? <laughs> I was trying to say Shink. <laughs> I was trying to say Chicago Sinfonietta, but I was like, Chicago Sinfonietta. <laughs> Period. I love it. She. Chicago Sinfonietta Project Inclusion Freeman Conducting Fellow is what he was named. Um, he's been invited to the Prisma Conducting Fellowship, the International Institute for Conductors, and was an assistant conductor uh, finalist for the National Repertory Orchestra. 
He was also a finalist for the Philharmonic Society of Orange County's Youth Symphony Music Director position in California. Um, he completed his Master's of Music in Orchestral Conducting at the Florida State University. Uh, during his time at Florida State, he served as assistant conductor of the acclaimed University Symphony Orchestra, University of Harmonia, and served as music director of the campus orchestra. Um, he is, at, at this time, concurrently serving as a music director and conductor of the Symphonia Gulf Coast Youth Orchestras and coordinates the organization's music education and community engagement initiatives. Um, and most recently, he will be... Um, this coming week, competing in the City of Music International Orchestral Competition um, in Valencia, Spain. Um, and over 180 musicians and conductors from all over the world have competed for the opportunity to showcase their talent and style on this stage. And he was one of 25 selected to perform. So shout out to him uh, for being poppin' and black and excellent. Period. Shout out to you. All right, my piece of the week is La Vie en Rose um, by Louis Armstrong. I'm not, I don't know if it's his original song or um, or whatever, but it's absolutely incredible. My runner-up piece of the week is definitely that Mozart 40 because, yeah, but take your pick. But this song is amazing, and Louis Armstrong, we don't talk about him enough. He don't get enough credit. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or intermission suggestion, send it to Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. If you're black, join ISBM. I just do it. It's free. And listen, I know some people be like, I try to join. Baby girl, if you joined, you joined, okay? Like we don't we don't we we got a lot on our plate with with ISBM and upcoming conference. So if you join, you good. All right, we gonna be we gonna be there. We are gonna be back to you shortly. <laughs> Either way, isblackmusicians.com. Follow us on social media at isblackmusicians. Thank you again for listening. Just realized my air conditioning is on, so I hope you enjoyed the background music. And I will talk to you next week. That's what I said I on my YouTube channel. We will talk to y'all next week. I know. I was just say okay. Well, I guess I got <laughs> next week off. <laughs> Don't be surprised when I don't answer the call. <laughs> now, right now, Delaney not here. We will talk to you. I was like, let's like, comment, subscribe. Wrong place. <laughs> Wrong place. Um, we'll see y'all next week, y'all. <laughs> we'll see. Bye Goodbye. Y'all.